welcome to the Nurse Becoming podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Guarneri from the Resume RX, and this is the podcast that's dedicated to empowering and encouraging nurses along your path of professional and self discovery. As a nurse practitioner, mom, and business owner, I'm on a mission to help you figure out how to leave your lasting impact on the world, all while bravely and fearlessly growing along the way. Join me for honest conversations and inspiring stories about personal and professional growth, all through the lens of nursing. Welcome back to the Nurse Becoming Podcast. It's your host, Amanda Gornieri. Thank you so much for taking the time to spend a little bit of time with me in your ears. And today I have a wonderful guest to introduce to you. Her name is Natalie Dietrich. She's the host of the CareerWise Nurse Podcast. And today we're going to be talking all about professional organizations and associations and how being a part of one can really enhance your appreciation for your career, really help you avoid burnout and help you feel your impact in a different way. And this comes from personal experience from Natalie and she'll share about her experience in the episode. And I think that you'll really enjoy it. And, you know, we talk a lot about professional organizations as a good resume builder and all these kind of other things that you can do to help you stand out when you're looking for jobs. But this is a different take because this isn't just about joining an organization and putting it on your resume and having that be it. This is about how being an active and engaged member of an organization can really, really enhance your professional job satisfaction. So I really hope that you enjoy this episode with Natalie. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Hi, Natalie. Welcome to the show. Hi, Amanda. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. Yes, I'm very excited to chat with you. You and I have already chatted actually on your podcast, so I'm excited to kind of turn the tables and get the opportunity to ask you all of my questions. I'm excited to be here. So uh, I did already introduce you in you know my introduction, but I'd love to hear in your own words, uh, tell the good listeners who you are and what you do. I'm Natalie Dietrich, and I am an experienced oncology nurse, and I am now focused on supporting nurses, especially new nurses, because I've spent where I've been most recently in practice is what I'll tell you now. I've spent time in the hospital as an educator, and with that role, I also had the great opportunity to be the clinical mentor. And it was an inpatient oncology setting that I spent most of my time on in a large hospital outside Washington, D.C., 1,000-bed hospital. So I learned that I love helping new nurses. And with that being said, that's where I am now in terms of where I'm spending my time contributing to making the world a better place by supporting nurses. But I started in oncology, and I worked about 10 years inpatient in a few different settings across the country mostly level three trauma centers, inpatient oncology, seeing patients getting intensive chemo regimens and providing supportive care. I did that first as a new grad and then as a traveler for a little while. I spent time even at the National Institutes of Health Clinical Center treating patients on uh, phase one and two clinical trials. 
And then I moved to an outpatient clinical trials coordinator role in a community setting where I really got to see people consider trials for new diagnoses or for advanced cancers or recurrences. And I got to teach them. And I got to work with the nurses and the community physicians that are clinical trials programs supported. So then I went to an outpatient infusion role where I got to walk the walk. I'd been teaching nurses and patients and families about chemo regimens, getting information on their side effects for the clinical trials data collection. And then I was giving chemo and I did that three days a week. It was a great place to be because I got to see walkie talkie, happy, healthy people and their family members coming in for cancer treatment. That is where I saw, wow, this is the full spectrum of cancer care from sick people in the hospital to outpatient where people get their treatment before they go to work, get their treatment while their kids are at daycare, get their treatment, then they're going to go to a birthday party for their grandkids. I saw everyone. So I saw all different types of cancer settings and I loved it. Then I decided I really wanted to teach nurses. So I took on an educator role in a practice. And I went from office to office teaching patients and family members, which I loved. I love teaching. And then I got to help the nurses understand more about what they needed to do to teach patients and prepare them for treatment and to support them. I also spent a little time in pharma focused on being an educator. And in that role, I really supported providers, nurse practitioners, physician assistants, pharmacists, and the nurses giving the treatments. So that really leads me to where I have been most recently as the educator and the mentor supporting nurses, because that's what I found I loved. And that leads me to where I am now, really focused on my CareerWise Nurse podcast and also coaching nurses who are launching their careers, growing into their roles, whether they're new nurses or experienced nurses in a new role, and also helping nurses to thrive. And avoid burnout, or look at their choices. I want people's jobs to fit in their lives, not having to change their lives around or upset their lives to have a job as a nurse. Definitely. And, you know, I think you're in a really unique position to to help nurses with this because you, you know, the career that you've described, I think, is really what a lot of us want or a lot of us envision when we enter the profession. You know, finding that specialty that really feels like home to us and experiencing it from different angles and and growing within that specialty. And I don't know if you feel the same way, but I feel like I've talked to a lot of newer nurses that are really just kind of struggling to find their home within nursing. So I guess that brings me to this question. I'm curious, how how did you even land in oncology? You said you started as a new grad. Was it just kind of happenstance or did you already know that you were going to love it before you started? Well, I don't really sing, but if you think about the song a long, long time ago, you know, one of those folk songs, (laughs) it was because there weren't a lot of jobs for new graduate nurses. And one of the opportunities that I was offered was an oncology unit, 12 hour nights. And there were a few of us new grads, but I simply landed there because I needed a job. And I learned that it was exciting. It was depressing. It was everything. And it was fun, though, because I was with other new grads. When you're a nurse and you're starting out, whether you're 22 or 42, 
you tend to work with a lot of females. You tend to work with people that you can spend time with when you're not at work, right? And I moved to that first job just a couple hours from what I had called home. And it was fun. So it was a job. There was a lot of benefits to working three 12-hour shifts. And I got a lot of great experience. But then as I moved on into my second job, some of my colleagues talked about things they did that were oncology-focused to get more information about their work. So I learned to love it more, and I stuck with it. And it offered opportunities outside of the hospital, abundant opportunities. I love that. It sounds as though it's something that you really learned to love over time, and you kind of decided it sounds like you decided to love it, right? Like if it wasn't something that you had a master plan before you even entered this job, which some people do, but some people don't. Some people, you know, end up where the job is, right? And, you know, when that happens, many people have the opportunity to make the most of it. And it sounds like that's exactly what you did. Yes, I did learn to love it. I didn't know. I didn't have a direction or a plan in my first job. After I spent a year or so in my first job, I said, oh, I think I'm going to move to Arizona because I had visited with my friends and I had a good time. So that's what made my plan is let's go somewhere warm and sunny, full of other people Mm -hmm. that like to go out, travel. I met people in my next job that we went places and we, we had fun. And so it was more than a job. It was a complete life after college to go somewhere. But what we talked about, we were going to go into in the direction of this podcast is what made my job more than just shift work after a couple years of practice as a new nurse or just beyond those novice years. It's the professional association membership where one of my colleagues said, come to this dinner program. It's about a drug and it's fun to go out to dinner. It's fun to go to conferences. It's fun to go out to dinner at conferences, especially when It's in some warm, sunny place. So the people I met were the ones that really influenced me to get more involved and get get more out of my work than just the shifts with the Oncology Nursing Society and the chapters and the conferences and the magazines or the journals, all that stuff. After a couple of years, I started to build on what I was doing in the shifts. And that's how I learned to love and see more beyond just walking in the door and taking a patient assignment. So what did that look like in kind of the early days of you joining the professional organization? And you mentioned it and, you know, we're talking about ONS, Mm -hmm. right, which is the Oncology Nursing Society, which is well known for being a really excellent professional organization for a specialty for oncology. So, you know, you went to some of these dinners, you decided to join. And then what did it look like? you doing education? Were you volunteering? Were you going to meetings? Like, how did you really start to turn that membership into more than, you know, just a line item on your resume and more into an activity? Well, it was fun. It was social. And I learned. Well, I learned about drugs. Like, I'm going to use brand names here. I know that they don't promote you, but uh, Zofran and Mm -hmm. Kytrel and how they helped revolutionize cancer care by preventing nausea and helping patients not be so sick during their chemotherapy. So that was pretty front and center when you're taking care of people in the hospital. At that time, I was getting chemo. With these new drugs, 
they were revolutionizing cancer care. And so it was kind of cool to learn all that and the why behind. And honestly, these dinner programs were sponsored by pharmaceutical companies, but it was take-home information that made a difference the next day when I went to work. So it was starting to all build into something really exciting that made a difference for my patients. And I saw that. So that sort of experience, those aha moments in cancer care were happening on a frequent basis in oncology over the last 20 plus years. So it was putting the science and together with the frontline care. And I was the end user essentially of the advances that were coming in cancer care to treat patients because I was that patient care provider, that nurse at the bedside or the chair side during my time working directly with patients. There were those benefits right up front, going to the local chapter events and hearing what they had to say and seeing the difference in the patients when I went to work. That doesn't happen in every you know, education session that you get, but oncology was happening. And I was at those outings, those chapter meetings with people I worked with. Anyone who was off that day from those 12-hour shifts, we were there. And it was fun. And then when I moved to other places as a travel nurse or when I took on other regular positions, I connected with the other chapters. So I got to have instant friends or meet people and build a network before everybody was on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn to connect with people in oncology. I love that. I think that's really, really powerful. And maybe, well, I think it's a resource professional organizations in general are underutilized resources. And I think that we kind of hear, you know, yeah, join this membership, join that membership. It looks good on your resume or, you know, make sure that you're paying the people to lobby for you on Capitol Hill and, you know, all this messaging. But, you know, it's not just something where you make your membership donation and and write it on your resume. There are so many benefits and so many things to take advantage of that these organizations have to offer. And was there ever a point where your, you know, your attendance and your membership turned into an opportunity for leadership, either, you know, within the professional organization, or did it help you develop your leadership in the workplace? Yes. For anyone that's been involved in a chapter or uh, some type of committee, you may find that you're always looking for leaders, right? A lot of times people are not lined up to volunteer for the work. But what happened is that there were leadership opportunities. When I moved to the Washington, D.C. area, again, I connected with the chapter near where I worked. And there's meeting meeting flyers posted on the unit walls. So I just reached out to someone. Now you could just search your chapter or a choice of chapters by going onto the an organization's website. But I became the membership chair of the chapter when I first moved to Washington, D.C. And so then we we met to plan chapter activities, the president, the president-elect, the secretary, the treasurer, the membership person. And as the membership person, I had the list of who was a member. So those names, I would get to know those names because I was the membership chair for a couple of years. I met those people over the years at chapter meetings or when there was a conference or a congress here or through different places I worked. And when I was looking for a job, actually, one of the people who was the contact was the hiring director. I had known her name for years because I was the membership chair and she was one of the chapter members, even though we had never met. So yes, I got to know, 
I could tell you what street some people lived on because their addresses <laughs> were with their name. And I received the membership applications and checks, the dues in the mail at my house at that time. So um, I could finally put names with faces over time. And we had fun as officers. We had a retreat. We paid for it on our own, but we would go to this retreat community in West Virginia and we'd bring spouses or people brought kids and we would plan in June or July for September through May, our whole calendar of events. So it was fun. And we were, you know, it was socializing. We got to know each other. You tended to have coworkers there because often you get pulled along to a meeting like I did. Come on, let's go to this meeting on our day off. Or do you want to be our nominations committee chair? Because we have to have a slate to elect new officers. So somebody would say yes. And then you have four or five people from Georgetown or four or five people from Innova working on the chapter leadership. It was fun. I love it. I'm I'm on their website right now because I just think, you know, my mom is an oncology nurse. She's been a member of ONS for forever. So even before I entered the nursing world, I was aware of this organization, you know, through through my mom. And I don't know what it is, but I'm sure it's like this for other professional organizations as well. But I've just always heard that oncology nurses, particularly those who are members of ONS, are just really engaged nurses, right? They're engaged in their care of their patients. They're engaged in the workplace. They're engaged in all these other activities. And, you know, it it makes me wonder, like, is this a chicken and egg scenario, right? Is it that the professional organization gives you, uh, you know, a bigger purpose, a bigger mission beyond, you know, just your clocking in or clocking out? I don't know if that has been your experience at all. I'd love to hear you kind of talk about how the involvement in an organization maybe helped prevent your burnout or um, contribute to you feeling more satisfaction. Like, was that at all your experience? So when I've had to write applications or brief essays for scholarship money to pay for a certification exam, or when I wanted to get money for a Congress scholarship to go to the ONS Congress, which is their big annual conference, I would always write about the four benefits of professional nursing organization membership. And I didn't sit down and brainstorm this. I just sat and reflected on what I had gotten back out of being a member and being involved in ONS. You get scholarship, leadership, education, and friendship. I'll just go backwards. Friendship. Remember, I said I worked with a lot of people that became friends or people you connected with outside of work. So scholarship, leadership, education, and friendship. Education. I got scholarships. And I have to say that sometimes all the money allotted for a scholarship, whether it was a Congress scholarship, $1,000 to attend a conference, or a certification award where you would get a basically a credit or a coupon code to pay for your certification exam, which is a couple hundred dollars, right? Um, leadership. I was a chapter member and you could be a member at the national level. You could be on a steering committee, Congress planning committee. You could be on test writing committee for the certification corporation, which manages the certification exams. You could do a lot of things. You just have to see what's out there and be involved. And now with everything being online, more than ever, you can find so many opportunities. So you get scholarships, 
that's money, literally handing you money for being involved in applying and they want to support nurses. And that's one way that the organizations, professional organizations support their members. Education, you get journals, you get, so the research journal, you get a journal that has review articles and you get a magazine with short information about what's going on and testimonials and reflections and contributions from people in practice. And it's easy reads. Now, more things are online than ever. So you don't get as many mailings, but you get a lot of information that's just great to review and see what's going on and help you keep current or find people to connect with that are doing things that you might want to do, like nurse navigators, um, people advancing their careers with doctoral level degrees, people doing research studies, all kinds of things. I mean, you could find writing mentors if you want to get a mentor to publish. You want a master's scholarship or a doctoral scholarship. It's all there. And these things that happen through an association are really all done by members. And Amanda, you asked about other opportunities with the organization. People get jobs working for this association. And when a lot of what I'm saying, it's something that happens with many organizations, not just oncology. There's the Hospice and Palliative Nurses Association, which when I was a member of that, I found it was modeled a lot like ONS. Um, it's even also based in Pittsburgh, but they hire their own nurses, these organizations. And way ahead of the COVID shutdown where everyone went working remote, people worked for these organizations and lived wherever they lived. They didn't have to move to Pittsburgh or move to wherever the organization is based. I live in Washington, D.C., so policy is a big deal. One thing I've done is I participated in One Voice Against Cancer, which is from the American Cancer Society, among other organizations. And they had a Hill Day. And they literally scheduled us to meet with our senators and congressmen and women. And they arranged everything. We started the day meeting with a lobbyist from the organizations that we were affiliated with. It was a full day. And you learned and you also got to be front and center with your elected officials. And people came from all over the country to do this Hill Day. And it wasn't just healthcare professionals. It was patients and family members. I remember people there from PANCAN, advocacy for pancreatic cancer, as another example of how we all worked together and got to go advocate and talk to our elected officials, Congress members, about factors affecting us as constituents or as healthcare professionals. That was a really great experience. All I did was sign up and respond to an email that came out through my listserv for ONS members. By far, one of the most common questions I get is about nurse practitioner salary. What's typical? What's fair? What can I expect? There are so many variables, and while there are some reports that come out annually or every other year, I always wish there was a better way. So I created something. Introducing the free NP salary report. This is a database of real NP salaries from around the country that you can search and filter based on what you want to know. Now, keep in mind, this is a crowdsourced guide. So the more it gets shared, the better it gets. So I hope you will love it. I hope you will share it. Please check it out. Again, it's totally free at theresumerx.com slash salary. Again, that's theresumerx.com slash salary 
salary. Even if you're in a position, you're not necessarily curious about what other people are making. I would really appreciate it if you would head to the resumerx.com salary and at least submit your information anonymously. That's what generates the information in the salary report is people submitting their salaries and also viewing the database. So I'm excited about this. It's a new project and I really hope that you will love it. Again, you can find it at theresumerx.com salary. Well, it sounds like, you know, it has really been uh, an enriching experience for you professionally. And I'm, I'm wondering if you have any advice to, you know, other nurses who are listening or other nursing students about involvement in professional organizations. Like how do they, how do they choose one? Is it, is just joining enough or what's kind of that next step beyond just, you know, being a member? Joining is the first step, but you may be able to go as a visitor to an event, a meeting or a conference or a program without even being a member. But it is a way to connect with others. Since I live in the Washington DC area, people come and go all the time. This is an expensive place to live, so people might decide they don't wanna stay here. People come with their partners who are military, foreign service, they're here for a couple of years and they leave. And in general, we know that people are mobile, moving all over the place, especially after COVID when you don't have to necessarily in healthcare and outside of healthcare. You don't always have to be right on site to do the job. So I meet a lot of people. Connecting with an, an organization, a professional nursing organization, is a way to meet people when you're new in a community or new in a job. Now, for students, if you're currently enrolled in a nursing program and you're not yet licensed as a nurse, so before you take your NCLEX, before your semester ends, join a professional nursing organization. It may be free or for ONS, when you're a student, when I mo recently looked at the website, it was $25 to join as a student. Normally, an association membership for nurses is around $100 to $150. Don't quote me on that. But it's much lower in nursing organizations to become a member than, say, a physician organization, which tends to be much higher. But as a student, you can join for next to nothing. And you can explore an area that you're interested in, whether it's mother-baby, uh, emergency nurses association, critical care, psych mental health. Where do you want to go? Join that organization or an area where you had clinicals. Join an association related to that area because then you can get insight on what's going on, explore that field a little more, and you might have some good talking points when you go to an interview for that first job or your second job that helps you to stand out because you have some knowledge, you've done your homework and had the background just from being a member. Now, I don't know how all chapters work for different associations. Oncology nursing tended to have really strong chapter activity and you may not live where there's a chapter close, but you don't have to live in a big city or a major metropolitan area to be involved in a chapter. Those groups have connected through listservs and probably on Zoom now more than ever. And they may do service projects or community activities where people get together. Might be that they're teaching classes, a review course, or a chemotherapy class is what our chapter taught 
And we did it for a moneymaker, but we did it to help the nurses in our community before there was an online standardized chemotherapy administration course offered by ONS. And we had fun planning it. So it's just fun. And it benefits you in many ways as a professional. And it looks good as you're a student to be a member because you can get some insight and do some homework. Yeah, definitely. I think that is a great piece of advice if you're still a student to join because, you know, it's a networking opportunity, first of all. You know, you can let the people that you meet know that you're interested in this field, that you're, you'll are you be looking for a job soon. Uh, and it's also a, a really great way to stand out, not just on your resume, but when you get into those conversations, those interview conversations of, yeah, I really am interested in this field. I've been a member, a student member of such and such organization. Uh, I've attended their conference and, you know, really taken advantage of the educational resources, like that's going to really show an interviewer and hiring manager that, you know, this isn't just any, any interview for you, but, but rather something that you're really committed to. So I think that is all excellent advice and definitely mirrors what I recommend for sure. So before we wrap up, I'd love to take a few minutes to have you share a little bit more about kind of what you're doing now. You mentioned at the beginning that you've pivoted into supporting nurses. And so I'd love to have you share more about your podcast, more specifics about your services so that uh, we can learn more about that part of you. Thanks, Amanda. I have launched a podcast recently called CareerWise Nurse, and I will make sure that all the information is shared with Amanda so it can be in the show notes and you can find the podcast. It's on Apple, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. It's called CareerWise Nurse. And it really is about launching, growing, and thriving as a nurse. And I've had this concept in mind of CareerWise Nurse for quite a while because I learned that there's good nurses all around. And you might find a job you really love and not have a plan on where you want to go next. But I encourage everyone to have a plan. And I help nurses one-on-one to have that plan or figure out what their options are so that they can stay energized, be fulfilled in their work, and make it fit in their life, as I said in the beginning. And you may not have been told by anyone, figure out what options you want down the road. Because when you have kids, or if you have kids or dogs or family to care for, does a 12-hour shift day or night work in your life anymore. You may be like me and love being a nurse, but it doesn't always fit in our lives like it did before. Or you might find that you want something more challenging or different, you wanna change. So I help nurses figure out their options. And it can be just extra help getting through the first three, six, 12 months of their work as a nurse, because that's a very challenging time. So helping new nurses or helping nurses figure out options to be fulfilled in their work. This career-wise nurse piece is all about that you drive your own ship. No one is going to take you where you want to go. It's all about you, your license, your work, your career, your certification, your goals and dreams, and your life. And so with the podcast, we explore the early days of nursing practice. Also, we mix in expert guidance like what Amanda has to share on interviewing resumes, among all the things that she provides to nurses. Also, it's about just extra support for anyone that needs it. One pleasant surprise that has come out of working one-on-one with nurses as a coach is nurses re-entering practice. They've been home, their kids are bigger now, they want to go back to work. Where do they want to go? 
So that's been something that I didn't expect when I created my coaching business and even my podcast as to who my audience is. Those nurses reentering practice add a lot of value when you see that we really need nurses. And that's also a population that I focus on in terms of supporting nurses. My email is belong, B-E-L-O-N-G, at careerwisenurse.com. And I have a Facebook group. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram. And I really just want to help nurses be happy and fulfilled because we need nurses and nursing is an amazing career that can go in any direction you want it to go. Well, thank you for sharing all of that. I am excited for your podcast. I just followed it on Apple and rated it even before listening. So (laughs) I'll listen after the fact. I'll have links in the show notes to the Career Wise Nurse podcast, to your email address, and also to your LinkedIn profile so that listeners can connect with you. Um, and learn more from you. And uh, a final question that I've started asking guests is whether you have any big dreams or goals that you would like to share. Because I think when we speak our goals and dreams out loud, it really dramatically increases the likelihood of them coming true. So this is your opportunity to um, speak some of those dreams into existence if you'd like. Well, I would love for the nursing shortage to be solved. Uh, I'm doing what I can to help nurses. And I find that when I coach nurses one-on-one, I actually reflect back after the call and I say, that was really fun. I loved helping that nurse solve that problem. So I want to continue to have joy in my job. And I feel like now I'm living my dream life because as I said, I was in the hospital working and that was most recently in 2021. And it was really hard work for the nurses that were caring for patients directly at the bedside. And it was always stressful. And I want to take away the fear and the stress for nurses and help them just be really happy. So now that I can do that, I feel like suddenly I'm living my dream life because I can be flexible for family and life events. And I can still be out there helping nurses and connecting with nurses, which really energizes me. So thank you, Amanda, for allowing me to share that I'm now living my dream life. And I want to help other nurses do the same thing. And I was really influenced in the last two years listening to podcasts and now being able to connect more with those who I was influenced by when there was a lot of time during the pandemic to listen to podcasts as you walked alone when we were all home. I feel like the world is so big yet so small at the same time. So thank you, Amanda, for what you've done because it really inspired me too. Well, Thank you. I love, uh, I love all of that. I love to hear that you're living your dream life. And I think, you know, that's, that's part of the bigger mission of what we're both here to do is to help kind of speak the possibilities, um, into existence for people, let them know what's, what's possible, what's out there. So I'm, I'm so glad that you were able to share all of that with us today. And, uh, I'm excited for what's to come with the career wise nurse. Thank you so much. Thanks, Natalie. Well, that does it for today. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. If you have found today's episode helpful and you would like to support the Nurse Becoming podcast, I invite you to buy me a coffee at 
buymeacoffee.com slash nursebecoming. I appreciate your support. This helps me create more content for you to enjoy and benefit from in the future. Also, would you consider giving me a rating or review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't done so already? It will truly help other nurses find the show and know that it's worth listening to. For more information about this episode, as well as a place to submit your questions or suggestions for future episodes or guests, head to nursebecoming.com. I can't wait to connect with you soon. And until next time, remember, I am always rooting for you.